All right. Welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. Special guest, Coach Reina. Welcome. Thank you. Back. Second welcome time. Back. Second time. Second Brio time podcast. in the Brio in the podcast closet. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the closet. Welcome to the closet. <laughs> Reina got to walk through my bedroom into our walk-in closet slash podcast room. It's awesome. So yeah, since you time. were last here a year and some ago, mm-hmm. some changes, some yeah. events, some, some updates, some stuff. Let's do a little journey back in time. Tell us what happened. Okay. Let's go back to 2021. Mm-hmm. I think I had just finished school, just done my phlebotomy course, mm-hmm. uh, had finished that up and had been job hunting. And was looking for jobs and applied and got the only place it was. When I look back now, I think it's it was maybe cosmic. Yeah, I don't know. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. The only place that I got an interview was the Saskatoon Cancer Center. So I interviewed with them and was like, I really think this would be a great place to work. I'd like this job. And that was last week of November 2021. So I did the interview and they offered me the job. I signed the paperwork, sent it in. My first day was the 30th, it was a Tuesday. But on the 26th of November, I was, the 25th of November, I was in my, I just had a shower and I came out of the bathroom. And like I do every day, I put lotion all over my body, including my breasts, just always have done, mm-hmm. and found a lump and was like, oh, Okay, it's not unusual because I have had cysts and lumps before. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't panicked, but I always know I need to get them checked. Yeah. So very on top of. Very on top. Your health, you know your body, you know when something's not normal. Yeah. yeah. They're not supposed to be there. Yeah. And I'd rather have it checked. So that was in the morning and I was on the way to work out and thought, I'll just stop in at a clinic because I couldn't get into my doctor mm-hmm. and actually went to the clinic right by Brio. Oh, yeah. And... They just happened to get me in right away. Hmm. And the, the, it was a male doctor and he, an older gentleman, really nice, did a breast exam and said, I, I think it's nothing. I think it's a cyst. I think you're okay. But if, if, but if you were my wife, I would send you for a mammogram. Yeah. So he, he gave me the requisition. I got in my car. I phoned the 8th Street SMI and they said, we happen to have a cancellation for tomorrow. And I was like, great, I'll take it at three o'clock. Went to the gym, next day, went to the mammogram, and I'm sitting in the mammogram, and I can tell, I can tell from the ultrasound that something isn't right. Yeah. But I was like, it's okay, you know, we've, we've been here before, I've had the mammogram, had to go for an ultrasound, and then had to talk to the radiologist, and they've just said, you know, we see, we see things, we'll just keep, we'll just keep an eye on it. Yeah. This time, I said, oh, am I good? Can I go? And, and the technologist said no the radiologist wants to come in and talk to you and I was like that's not good yeah and he came in and just said we can't tell what it is but there's something there Mm -hmm. there's a cyst for sure but there's something else we can't see it we want you to go for a biopsy okay my doctor who is awesome phones me Saturday morning and says I just got your information they sent it to me at closing time Friday don't panic I don't think it's anything so they referred me to the Breast Health Center and talking with the surgeon there, they were, surgeon was like, I don't think it's anything either. We go for the biopsy. The day of the biopsy, 
I meet with a resident and she does a breast exam. She's like, I'm pretty sure there's nothing here. And we go, and then I go in for my biopsy. And you're awake. They freeze the, freeze the area where they're going to do the biopsy. And I can, I, right away, she says, oh, this one popped. And then she said, but there's another one here. I'm just going to take some samples. Mm-hmm. And she took seven samples. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. And it, yeah. So they put in biopsy markers where, the, where the, they take the samples from so they know if they need to go back in. Mm-hmm. This is all stuff I learned after. At the time, I'm just like, yeah. right? That was January 6th, I think I went for the biopsy, 2022. Two weeks later, we still haven't heard anything. So I'm just thinking everything's fine. Yeah. But Yvonne's like, you need to call them. Just call them because we need to know. Mm-hmm. So I phoned and the nurse says, oh, yep, the doctor wants to talk to you just one second. I'll put him on the phone. I'll get him on the phone for you. And I said, okay. And then he goes, he goes, hi, Rana. And I go, no, actually it's Raina. He goes, oh, well, there'll be lots of time for me to get to know your name. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. But I had also already looked on eHealth and seen the oh. results on eHealth. Yeah. But didn't want to panic, but yeah. it did say non it did say invasive ductal carcinoma and I was like, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said, "Yes, you have breast cancer. It is early. It is small. But we need to know what type of breast cancer it is mm-hmm. before we can decide how treatment will work." And so I said, "Okay." Yeah. And then a week later, he phoned me back and said, we're going to refer you to the cancer clinic. Mm-hmm. And I had started working. I'd been working at the cancer clinic. And I spent a lot yeah. of... Yeah. Strange as that. I had been working there for five weeks. So it was weird to have to go to them and say, I know I just started working here. But now I'm a patient. Now I'm going to be a patient. Yeah. Yeah. And it was... Everything happened so fast. It's really hard to wrap your brain around. And... And now I, I understand when they say it's really it's really important that you have somebody with you oh, yeah. when you get these kinds of results, because my when he said it is it is breast cancer, everything else just fell away. Yeah, and all I heard was cancer, 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 cancer. And the first thought that comes into your mind is, "Am I dying?" Yeah, right. The big C. The word. big C word. Yeah. Super scary, yeah. and Very never. Loaded. Never think you're going to hear it in your life. Yeah, I mean, I think I expected eventually one day to hear it, mm-hmm. just not, not at fifty, not at fifty. Yeah, because I had just turned fifty. Yeah, I had just turned fifty, and I felt the healthiest I've ever felt. Yeah, I never felt sick. I didn't feel tired. I felt strong. Mm-hmm. I just happened to find a lump. Yeah, and I think a point worth highlighting there is the importance of staying on top of things. And monitoring your health and noticing when something is not right, even if you feel good and you feel healthy and, you know, yeah, that you have to stay on top of the regular checkups and not let little things go and be like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing like that's right. And catch it as early as possible. Catch it as early as possible. That gives you the best chance. And and yeah, take it seriously. If you find, if you find, I mean, regular mammogram, regular breast exams Mm -hmm. monthly should be done. Yeah. Nobody oh. knows your body better than you. Nobody knows your right? body better than you. Yeah. And I knew the minute I put lotion on and was doing my thing, I was like, oh, no, that's yeah. not good because I had found lumps before. Yeah. And like I said, I've always taken them very seriously. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, working at the cancer center and now I'm going to be a patient. Yeah. It sounds like though that they did a good job of, of trying to care for your emotions and not getting you worried unnecessarily and making sure you have a support person there, you know, yeah, doing a good job of caring for their patients. Yeah. So between the breast health center and the cancer center, they're on, for my experience, excellent communication. My file was sent over right away, but because I worked at the cancer center and I already told them they were expecting it and waiting for it. Mm-hmm. So I got my diagnosis on the 25th of January. I think a week and a half later, I met my oncologist for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that week though, that's the whirlwind of you're going for an MRI, you're going for a bone scan, you're scheduled for a CT scan. You're, I had to go for an echocardiogram to make sure my heart was strong. You're getting phone calls from different places asking you for information. And you're just like, I don't, I don't know what's happening right now. I don't have time to process any of this. I'm in survival mode. But right from the get go, they were like, you are not dying. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So when I sat down in my oncologist's office, he said, you are not dying. Mm -hmm. This is early. This is treatable. This is curable. And you will go on to live your life. So that's good. They so were very good. positive. They were very positive. Yeah. I think I was lucky that I probably have the best oncologist in the Saskatoon yeah. Cancer Center. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Shout out. Shout out to Dr. Ahmed. Yeah. Dr. S. Ahmed. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So then unfortunately, the road between the positive like outcome and being cancer free is not easy. It's not right? easy. So then comes the treatment. Right. And it's dependent on the type of breast cancer that you had. I had no clue that there were different types of breast cancer mm-hmm. and then different ways to treat it. Some breast cancers, you just have the lump removed and then you have radiation. Some breast cancers, you have surgery first and then you have chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. The type that I had, I'm not going to tell anybody what it is because I don't want anyone Googling that because <laughs> I Googled it and went down a spiral. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Not that it's not that it's so bad. It's just nobody needs to Google. Yeah, Dr. Google's not Yeah. Anybody. So anyways, the type that I had was chemotherapy first mm-hmm. and then surgery and then possible radiation, possible oral chemo, depending on how things turn out. Yeah. 16 rounds of chemo. Wow. And that was every, once a week, every the, week? So they call them cycles. And I had four cycles every two weeks where they, okay. yeah, four cycles every two weeks. So that was eight weeks. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Where they gave me two different drugs when I would go. One was called doxy, doxycycline. Uh, it's bright red in color. Mm. And they push it through an intravenous. Mm-hmm. And it's what makes your hair fall out. Oh. Mm-hmm. Kills all the fast-growing yeah, cells. Exactly. Okay. So the very first thing they said to me when I met with the oncologist, and they said, so, yes, so we're, we should backtrack, I guess. I'm sitting in the oncologist's office. We're going to get you treated right away. Because I worked there, I think they were, they could fast-track me, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I saw my doctor on a Tuesday. On the Thursday, I was sitting in a chemo chair. Wow ready for my first appointment. Talk about not enough time to process. What's no time happen. to process anything. Yeah. Came home and that weekend lost my, yeah. I was like, I'm in this. I don't understand how I got here. Yeah. Whirlwind all of a sudden. Yeah. Holy like, shit. Uh, we're yeah. in this. I don't, I, I don't feel good. My, yeah. Yeah. All the things that come with your first treatment of chemotherapy. Yeah. It's happening. 
is happening. I actually woke up on the Sunday night and, and said, oh, we're in this. Yeah. Like, we're really in this. Yeah. I'm, I have, I still hadn't said the C, I still hadn't said cancer yet. Yeah. It took me a long time to say that word. Yeah. People would say, oh, you have a, you have, you have cancer. And I would say, no, I have a tumor. Yeah. I have a tumor. It has cancer cells in it. Yeah. Some cells. Yeah. We're going to get them out. Yeah. We're going to kill them. Because I think I had to keep that mind frame. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, I think that is a good mindset in a lot of ways that, you know, cancer is unfortunately far too common, but not always a death sentence, right? And so right. to not immediately go to, like you said, am I dying? It's just a thing. We're going to treat it. We're going to get it out of here. And then we'll get back to life, you yeah. know, and take some of the loaded implications of the big C word out of it you know yeah and I so I had to do that for myself Mm -hmm. right I I had to find a place where I could be positive that this was going to turn out okay yeah Yeah. and in that place it meant not telling a lot of people yeah so we kept it pretty quiet yeah and I just kind of disappeared I think from coaching and from I you know you guys knew and a, a a select few of safe people knew mm-hmm. but for me to to get through it I couldn't talk about it yeah and it I weird. think that's that's very fair and I respect those boundaries a ton and that you don't want it to consume your whole life and every conversation you have with every human being everywhere you have to talk about cancer like yeah and it's too it, emotionally draining in the midst of all of the other all things of the other things face. that you're yeah. just trying to survive every day yeah and, that, and by survive I just mean just get through the feelings of the treat of what the what the treatment does to your body because yeah. I will tell you that I never felt sick from cancer, yeah, but I felt terrible because of chemotherapy. Yeah, it's poison. Yeah, it's yeah, basically it's, poisoning your body. Yeah, yeah. So I did sixteen weeks. First four, the first four cycles were every two weeks because basically they would tank my immunity, mm-hmm. so they would just take my white blood cells and wipe them out. Yeah. And then they would, I would have to build them back up with shots every four days after my first treat, after my treatment. Then I would start with these needles called Grastafil, where I would inject. Eval would be so kind; he did all my injections for me. Yeah. And that would build my immune system back up, or my white blood cell count back up, so yeah. that I could go into the next treatment, and then they could tank me again. Yeah. So, so you had to be really careful not to get sick. I had to be very careful. I yeah. became immunocompromised. Yeah. And it was. It was an interesting side of to be on because prior to that with COVID and all the, you know, all the, what's the big deal? We should yeah. just be able to go and do our thing. Like, I don't want, you know what I mean? All of a sudden it was like, well, no, I, yeah. I have to be very careful because I could get very sick. Yeah. You have no immune system. I have during no that time. immune system. Yeah. yeah. So that was an interesting, also an interesting place to be. But on the positive side, because you went into it being a very healthy, strong person, that ended up being a great benefit to you. Right? Yeah, yes. I was lucky in the fact that when most people, oh, I, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. I, my experience, I did never, I never got, never had nausea. Oh, I had a little bit of nausea, but I never was sick, mm-hmm. like, like physically yeah. sick. People can get sores in their mouth. I didn't get that. People can get neuropathy. They can lose the sensation in their fingers. Yeah. I didn't lose that. Um, you miss any treatments? I didn't miss any treatments. Yeah. I didn't get any infections. So I think in terms of I was sort of like a, what's the word I would be looking for? On paper, 
an excellent candidate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for and I honestly believe it's because coming into it I had a, a higher baseline of health and yeah, fitness. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you know sometimes when you're young and you feel invincible mm-hmm. and people think no you have to be like fit and healthy because you never know what's going to happen and you're like that won't happen to me and then you're like no but really life will throw challenges at you. Mm-hmm. Some of them will be you know, sicknesses, maybe you're in a car accident, like who knows what will happen. And if you're just a stronger, healthier, more robust person, you're just better able to put up a fight, right? Like you're just yeah. better able to face those challenges. Yeah. So, so kudos to you for the 10 or 15 years of fitness and health and everything that you had put into your bank account so that when it came time to make a little withdrawal, you were ready. Yeah. Right. I had, I had a war chest. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good <laughs> I get a, I get a war the chest. Yeah, build up the war <laughs> chest. Never know what you're going to battle with. No, right? and I mean it's scary because yeah. you just think what's going to happen, and you don't know, and you don't know, and they don't they tell you all the worst case possible scenarios when you go for your first treatment, and I left there thinking, <laughs> I'm ne- this is not going to be the cancer that gets me. It's going to be the chemo yeah. or a virus because I don't have an immune system or right. Yeah. So I mean, they kind of take your body right to the brink, oh boy. right? They to, take you right to the brink. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. So the first four weeks, the first four cycles were every two weeks. And they basically told me that the, I would notice the tumor had shrunk mm-hmm. and after the first treatment and they were right. And wow. it noticeably got smaller. That's wild. Hey? It's wild. Yeah. I was like, science yeah. works. <laughs> yeah. It noticeably got smaller. By the time I went for my midway or for, for my CT scan and a midway ultrasound, it was, it had gone from centimeters to millimeters. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And that was eight. That was only four cycles, yeah. four treatments. Then I had another 12 weeks of going every single week. Yeah. And that, yep, they beefed it up. And at the be- every three weeks I would add in a drug called carboplatin. Carboplatin is terrible. Mm. Uh, and honestly, by the time we were done and going into the fourth cycle of that, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I think yeah. I'm done treatment. And you know, I was like, you're not done treatment. You're going to, and I was like, I know I'm not done treatment, but it's really terrible. Yeah. And just in terms of how you feel low energy you just you don't feel good yeah you don't feel good because you like you said it you are it is they're literally poisoning you yeah yeah so they say that there's the three things they do with cancer treatment and it's poisoning you mm-hmm. and then there's cutting you and then there's burning you yeah <laughs> and that's what they do yeah those yeah. are the three tools the of three tools oncology. of oncology yeah. yeah so i was in the poisoning section yeah yeah but we made it through mm-hmm. to the end of june on time, finished my last treatment and my doctor at the breast health center, because I had two doctors, I had a surgeon and I had an oncologist, Mm -hmm. sent me for an MRI and they couldn't see anything anymore. Awesome. Gone. Yeah. Nothing there. They still want you to go, they still want to go in and do treatment. They still do surgery. They cut you. Yeah. I was lucky. I had, I'm lucky. I had options. Yeah. I had the option to do a lumpectomy, to do a mastectomy, to do a double mastectomy and have reconstruction if I wanted. Lots of people don't have those options. Yeah. With a lumpectomy comes radiation. Yeah. I wasn't keen on that. More poison. More poison. Or uh, burn, I burn, guess. Burn. Burn. But, and so all the options they present to you, radiation causes cancer. Yeah. Chemotherapy can cause cancer. Yeah. 
the implants that they want to use in you can cause cancer. (laughs) (laughs) So there was just a lot of decisions to be made. Mm -hmm. So at the end of treatment, we know it's worked pretty much. They still want to do surgery. So I have surgery. Pathology comes back. They call it complete pathological response or a PCR, pathologically complete response. That means there were no cancer cells, no evidence of disease. Amazing. Yeah. You get to ring the bell, right? I didn't get to ring a bell, ah. but because I, I think because I had chemotherapy and then surgery, yeah. I think if you do surgery and then you have chemotherapy and then they know, I don't know. I didn't get to ring a bell, wow. but that's okay. I don't want to jinx myself by ringing yeah. bells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the pathology comes back, complete pathological response. Awesome. There are no evidence of disease. Mm-hmm. And then surgery was last summer. Surgery was last summer. So from the time you have chemotherapy, their last chemotherapy, they want you to have surgery within four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. The window, they call it the window of when they want you to have surgery. So it was five weeks after my last chemotherapy session, I went in for surgery. And for me, that was the scariest part of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Going under the knife. Going under the knife. Yeah. Going into the darkness. Yeah. (laughs) Waking up. And you are altered. So that was physically, not only emotionally, but physically. August 4th. August 4th last year. Yeah. 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 And then obviously that's a a big recovery in itself. Big recovery. That's an invasive procedure. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know if we should talk about that. My decision was to do a mastectomy. I wasn't ready to. I didn't want a lumpectomy and I didn't want radiation because I wanted to make sure everything was gone. But I also wasn't ready just to lose both my breasts. Yeah. So I did a single mastectomy and I did what's called a flat closure. I didn't want to have anything else to worry about. Yeah. I didn't want anything foreign inside my body. I'd been through enough already. So no re- reconstruction. No reconstruction. Yeah. But I'm pretty tiny and I think <laughs> well, I can hide it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, you make the decision that's right for you and yep. right for your the point in your life and what you want and yeah. all those things. So yeah. There's it's, always options like said, later it's, on. It's good that, that you had options. I had options. The ability to choose. And I still have options. Yeah. Yeah. Moving forward. Doesn't close a door. Doesn't forever. close the door for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So then you have some recovery. Now we're into the fall of 2022. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like past on the other side of the battle. Yeah. And now it's declared like, cancer free. Declared cancer free. Yeah. And now it's coming back out of the battle and kind of rebuilding or regaining the life you had before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Coming, getting back. Where do you, you want to consider? Where do you Or fit? maybe there is no going back. There's only going forward. That's right. What's the new normal post yeah. this challenge thing, right? Correct. And I had a really good healthcare team at the cancer center and that included a social worker that I talked to regularly because yeah, I, I, I like to talk. I'm a talker. I think people know that about me. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I found that invaluable because yeah. I, I needed to talk with somebody who understood. Mm-hmm. Maybe not because they'd had cancer, but because they dealt with other people. Yeah, you just don't want to feel alone. Someone understands. And she'd always said, it's now your life was a puzzle mm-hmm. and pieces fit a certain way. And now all of a sudden you can't, you need to figure out where your piece fits. Oh, interesting. Because you just, you, and I was reading somebody else's blog the other day. When you're in, when I was in treatment, I was watching life go by. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is living life and you are hoping that you are going to be able to live life. Yeah. So you're watching through people's social media or, you know, talking to people or texts and you're seeing people carrying on and you're like, I don't, 
know what's gonna happen yeah and then you come out the other end of it and you're like where do I fit now because everything looks a little different yeah it's like I had a peek behind a curtain and I know now there is an expiration date yeah which we all know but I don't think you realize yeah it has to rattle its way into the forefront of your consciousness well I think I think you know yeah I think we walk around in with with a, a a certain amount of nativity yeah on purpose yeah. i think that's a something that we ecologically how could we get through life you couldn't get through life biologically you need that if every day you were like someday i'm gonna die well exactly yeah. if you're always like yeah 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 so it was it was working through that and then yeah figuring out where i fit again mm-hmm. did i still fit with my brio community yeah. did i still do i still fit with my friends do i you know yeah getting back to it back to it so i think some of the conversations we had during that time was like how do we take a negative thing and find the silver lining and try to do something positive right. out of it? So we had said a while back, we're like, okay, hey, when, when things are good and you're ready and we're back on track, because you had such a good experience with the cancer center, we yeah. were like, amazing. we should do something for the cancer center. Yeah. You know, we should give back. Yeah. They gave you lots of support and help and everything. And we should find a way to repay. Yes. Right? To yeah. do something good. Because my care was amazing. I, I know, know other people's stories, but for my story, it was amazing. Yeah, and, which is great to hear. Yeah, and my oncologist and the research that he does, he's he's a forefront in the research that he does, and I want to help him. Yeah, and we want to stay people. local. Yes. Directly to our... Our cancer center. center. Yeah. So do you remember when you started coming back to the gym? Before Christmas, right? Yeah, I think I started, I tried to come back in September, wasn't quite ready, still feeling yeah, not great. Maybe came a couple times in October, but November, I think, is when I started to come back a little more. And just took it really easy in really the beginning. Easy. And even just, I remember some days where, like, you hadn't been around a lot of people for a long time, and you come to a noon class, and you're like, holy shit, this is a lot of people. Like, even just getting used to, like, almost reacclimating into yeah. groups of people and the like loud and chaotic yeah. nature of there would be times I would change I would come to the gym and do a workout and I would be empty bar or light bar or no bar yeah just yeah. you just would anything. say to me just come and do five squats and I'd be like I can do that I can come and do five squats yeah and then yeah a lot of it was just like hey just get back around all your friends that's that right. love you like just yeah. get back in your positive little bubble you yeah. know and I don't care if you do five squats and go home that's great what a great day yeah Come see your people, move a little bit, Yeah, know, just get back in the... Just get back into that positive world yeah. of positivity, yeah. which was... Because you you were in... I was in a negative type environment. It yeah. was traumatic. It was for it sure. Was very traumatic, life-changing experience. Yeah. Traumatic for a variety of reasons, and then also just like kind of having to be isolated is right. not ideal. You're a very social person, yeah. and you're used to your community, and was, that alone is traumatic. Yeah, that right? was really hard. And then add all these other challenges on top. So. And then coming back, and I didn't want anybody looking at me like they felt sorry for me. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was one of the reasons why we didn't tell people. I know that was one of the reasons I didn't want to tell people, because I didn't want to get that head tilt. Everyone looking at you with sad eyes like, all the time. Dying. Are you going to be okay? Are you dying? Yeah. Like I would, because I would be like, I'm not dying. Yeah. And they'd be like, but aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So. One thing <clears throat> I learned from you in this process that I will always keep in the forefront of my mind is I remember you saying that like you would find when you had to tell people what was going on or that you had cancer, that you would almost end up comforting them mm-hmm. and that that was extremely emotionally draining for you. And I went, oh yeah, like why do we do that? Why do we put that on a cancer patient to, you know, 
someone tells you they have cancer and now I'm upset and they have to comfort me. That's not my role. Stay strong. Obviously, you have to show people you care and everything, but don't burden someone with more emotionally demanding conversations. You know, Correct. it's already yep. that that emotional bank account is already getting tapped real hard. So, yep. you know, that's definitely something to like, I guess there's a delicate balance there between you want to acknowledge it. You want to show someone you care. You don't want to just pretend like, la, 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 like nothing's happening. But also it's kind of, I would think helpful to someone to just be normal. Yes. And just have them be in an environment where not every conversation is about cancer. Yeah. You know? Because it would get, it would get, a, it's exhausting. Like having to tell everybody or tell people over and over again was exhausting. And then yes, there were many times I had to comfort people and make sure that they were okay knowing that I was going to be okay. Yeah. And I'm like, and the scenario of like when your house is on fire and somebody comes and says, hey, your house is on fire. Is there anything I can do for you? And it would be like, yeah, I need some water. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. people would ask me, what do you need? And I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. But if you want to do something, great. Yeah. But I can't tell you what that is yeah. because I am just trying to get through the next minute. Yeah. The next five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So now I think been back at it got a good routine going getting the fitness back yeah pr and the shit out of stuff and feeling strong again and all that so now i think we're at a point where people that wanted to help now's your time now's your time we got a time for you yeah so we're gonna try to turn this negative into a positive yep we're gonna put the whole brio community behind this thing coach reina's unicorn power (laughs) that she used to crush (laughs) cancer and we're going to support the heck out of it with a fun community day. Yeah. So we have an event coming at you. Unite to fight. Unite to fight. Unite to fight cancer. Yep. Sunday, June 11th. Yep. Mark your calendars. Block it off. There's absolutely nothing more important going on in your life than this day. A whole day. <laughs> Not even a whole day. Not From even a whole day. 11 till dinner time. Yeah, that's right. So unite to fight. Right, we're going to do partner workouts. Yep. Any two people. I don't care who it is. Two guys, two girls, bring your kid, bring a spouse, someone that doesn't do CrossFit could probably survive. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to do three workouts. Yeah. They'll so be fun. They'll be fun things. Fairly, if we do have someone that's never really done CrossFit before, it'll be like low-ish skill that kind of anyone could tag along. We're not doing judges. It's not a competition. Nope. It's just kind of the thing we do in CrossFit is we honor people's struggles and hardships and sacrifice with hard work. It's what the hero workouts are all about. So like a similar kind of thing to go through the battle, you know, or take a little piece of the battle kind of thing. To see what it feels like to feel not awesome. Yeah. Oh, you're tired at the end of the day? Right. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I wonder who felt tired for the whole year. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we're all going to, you know, have a day of riding the struggle bus together. Maybe we get to feel a little bit of what somebody going through. A slice of that kind of thing. Yeah. So 50 bucks per person, 100 bucks per team. Yep. Gets you the workouts, a barbecue. We're going to have a barbecue after, burgers, beverages, beers, all that kind of stuff. You can also, if you don't want to do fitness, just get the barbecue and like a little, we're working on a souvenir thing. We are working on a souvenir. Unicorn unicorn, logo that we came up with. Awesome unicorn Um, logo. Not fully decided yet. Some kind of buff hat, toque, something, little souvenir thing. So even if you don't do the fitness, you can still make your $50 donation and get a, come for the barbecue and get a little souvenir item. So it would be like you're getting your... You're, you're, you're giving, it's a donation, mm-hmm. but we're also going to give you something. Yeah. Right. Get a little something, a little souvenir of yeah, the event. Exactly. So but we more, would, we're just trying to get your money yeah. to give back to the cancer center. And our That's goal what it's all about. is to be able to give all of the money to the cancer center. That's right. 
So we will need some volunteers too. If you're not into the fitness, you can help out the event. We'll need some volunteers to like be flipping burgers and helping organize the workouts yeah, for sure. Registering people and cheerleading yeah. and that yeah. kind of stuff. We also are hoping to have like kind of each expense of the event sponsored. So yeah. we'll put all this up on the website. You can be the beer sponsor and you can make the a donation that covers the cost of the beverages and you can be the burger sponsor and you can make a donation that covers the cost of the burgers or water and you know the souvenirs and a sponsor for each workout event and you can be the person in charge of the condiments exactly. <laughs> and the cutlery and the plates and the buns and fruit and veggie trays and like all the various expenses that we're going to have we we are hoping to have each piece covered so that we can donate all the money all the money raised so even if you happen to be not here that weekend you can still contribute and help out we're also looking for some silent auction items to raise yeah. more money. If you, a little, if you yeah. have something that you can donate, a gift basket, if you have a, a skill that you can mm-hmm. donate, maybe a massage or whatever. Yeah, if you have a business, business or provide a professional you, service right. or something, or you just want to put together some kind of little basket or prize or something cool yeah. that we can do silent auction items. And Lots all the of money ways. from that would then go to yeah. the Cancer Center as well. Yeah, so we'll try to raise as much money as we can and give it directly to the local cancer center. It will go directly to the Saskatoon to Cancer Center. Yeah, we've already been in touch with them about yeah. organizing an event Yeah, with the intention of donating all the money directly to them. Yeah. Registration is open now. Oh, yay. Yeah, registration's yeah, get open. In. Get your team together. <laughs> get and there. even if you don't have a partner, yeah, just like, sign up and we will find you a partner. We'll throw it in the, yeah, you can sign up. We'll find you a partner. We'll throw it in like the Brio community group on the app and just be like, hey, need a buddy? And we'll for sure hook you up with yep. someone that wants to do fitness with you. It'll be yep. fun. Cross your fingers and pray for good weather yes. <laughs> for us on yeah, Sunday, June be, 11th. We hope to have a lot of people out. Yes. And we will be making use of the backyard space. And we do have the coverall building and the, all that stuff out there. Registration is going to close June 1st so that you have to be in before that to give us the time we need to know how many are coming and get all the food and organize and stuff. Yeah, everything so organized. No last minuteies. That's right. It's easier. You've got lots of time, you yeah. have, but <laughs> yeah. the sooner you do it, the better, the more we know yeah. and can get organized for you guys to come and have fun. Yeah. It makes it, make life easy on us yeah. by registering as soon as possible. And I always tell people it's easier if you register and then can't come, it's easier to deal with less people than it is to deal with extras when you right. weren't expecting or last minute. So yeah. it's much easier to just get registered ahead of time. And I think I just want this to be an event where people come together yeah. and just have fun mm-hmm. and celebrate life yeah, and living yeah. and being healthy. Yeah. And being with your crew. And being with your crew. Like-minded people. And I, you know, we lost a lot of that during the COVID years. We couldn't. Yeah, be together and just have fun and just gather and just do good things for the community. So I think for many reasons, it's like long overdue. It's for a great cause. It's a way that all the people that during the struggle were like, how can I help? What can I do? We're like, here's your time. Here's, here's your time. Here's your time. Here's how you can yep. show your support for Coach Reina. And I'm ready. And the many people in our city, unfortunately, that have to deal have with to the same battle. And, you know, probably is there a single one of us in the gym in the world that doesn't know someone that's been touched by this, right? Like it sucks. Yeah, it does suck. And when I was working there, I was like, wow. And then when I was a patient there, I was like, wow. Yeah. When I'm looking across the chair and seeing people who are younger than me there for treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Young, old, everyone in between. Nobody's invincible. invincible. Nobody's immune. Catches. Can happen to anybody at any time. Yeah. Because I, I found myself saying, never why me, but 
but how yeah. did this happen? Yeah. Because I did all the things. Yeah. But even if you do all the things, at least you're ready yeah. for if it happens. And I think that's the thing. You control what you can control, which yeah. is your dedication to your health and your fitness and eating well and being strong. But then there's all the things you can't control. Air pollution and what's in the water and who God knows what else is out there giving us cancer. It seems yep. every week you read a new article. And, and, you know, all the stuff right. that comes. All the stuff you can't control. All the stuff you can't control. So control what you can control. And then you're the strongest, most battle-ready person with the biggest war chest when That's you right. have to <laughs> <laughs> when you have to face it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so I just want to say thank you to everybody who supported me who knew mm-hmm. to you and to David and to all the nooners and who knew and anybody who knew who supported me, but also thank you to those who reached out afterwards and asked how they could help. This is how, like Jocelyn said, this is how, this is the time, this is the time. And lucky for us, we get to have fun while we do it. Yeah. So looking forward to it. Me too. June 11th, register, block it off on your calendar. We'll see all of you there. Yes. Love you. Bye guys. Bye.